All right, so we've just finished uh, our main show for this week, which will be in Guardians League. Up in a couple of days, uh, but during it, uh, during recording that show, we became, I became aware that we had to have some discussion about what happened in Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes The Crimes Against the World because I didn't expect it to be that big, uh, and it was. So we should talk about it. And I'm joined by two very appropriate guests. Uh, not only am I joined by Jack Higgins, uh, who's been on the show, so I'm also joined by Mary Higgins uh, this week, an absolute Harry Potter aficionado. So <laughs> you know it. I'm, you know it. I'm very, very, very happy to have her on the show uh, here just to talk about it. Um, so I don't really know how to approach this, but Dumbledore's got a brother uh, that we didn't that oh, we didn't so know about, and. Uh, yeah, and Grindelwald's working with him. <laughs> uh, so basically, basically, to put this in context, like the whole plot of Fantastic Beasts kind of the world revolves around Credence, uh, who we met in the last film. Um, and he's an Obscurus, um, so Grindelwald wants to hunt Credence down for some unknown reason. We think to use him and utilise his power uh, in the war against the Muggles. Um, the Wizarding community thinks that he is the long-lost Lestrange, child which would make him the sibling of Lee Lestrange who is played by Zoe Kravitz who we heard of in the previous movie and get to know more in this movie. However the twist comes at the end when it's revealed uh, by Grindelwald uh, that Credence is not actually a Lestrange after all. He is in fact a Dumbledore um, and more specifically he claims he is Dumbledore's brother. Yeah and, uh, then, and we kind of uh, we have to just assume we have to take Grindelwald's word for it, but yeah. we do get an indication that obviously with Fox uh-huh. being present, like the first glimpse of Fox as well, obviously the, yeah. the movie's called mm-hmm. Fantastic Beasts, so to have not seen a Phoenix yet, having, you know, Phoenix being one of the, um, one of the sort of main beasts we had seen in the previous films, yeah. like the Harry Potter films, so obviously... Yeah. Um, expecting that, that one day we would come across Fox. So um, the fact that they, he's there present at the end of the movie kind of establishes that in some respect, he it's is, true. Has to he be. is a Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or it's somewhat related to them, whether it's blood or whether it's maybe something else. Yeah, sure. I'm a lot I'm a lot calmer now. I'm not sure if it's because I'm running on one hour of sleep or if it's because I've had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was extremely fucking angry for about a week after Why? this movie. <laughs> and see, because I, I thought when I left the theatre that it made no sense whatsoever. And in my own words, I thought it was more cursed child bullshit. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was uh, very, very annoyed. However, uh, I said this to Jack, I came Friday night into the lounge here and definitely Howl's part one was playing on the TV. <laughs> and it was the scene with Doge and I can't remember her name. The Muriel. woman who talks to it. Muriel, the woman who talks to Bill and Fleur's wedding. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how Dumbledore's dad killed the muggles. And I was like, all of a sudden I was like The dots oh. are connected, David. The dots are <laughs> the connecting. Mary, you <laughs> Mary, you've you've forgotten more about Harry Potter than I'll ever know. Like what what was your reaction? to this in the cinema at the time upon seeing it. My mind was blown and I'm not even joking. <laughs> I, David, you know, you know how yes. much of a Harry Potter fan I am. So <laughs> to me, I was absolutely on the edge of my seat throughout this whole film and I was disappointed with the first Fantastic Beast in the sense that 
I don't know. It's just I was expecting it to be more of a Harry Potter backstory, where to me it was mm-hmm. just it kind of didn't live up to what I was expecting it to be like. Where as this film was everything I was looking for from the Fantastic Beast series, yeah. um, and I was absolutely not expecting that to happen at the end. Like I was going along the lines of thinking, yeah, he's probably going to be a stranger something or other but I was pretty gobsmacked at the end of that film and I think it was one of those ones where they they could just drop an absolute bomb at the end of the film and you know in the next one it could mean absolutely nothing but to me like you kind of touched on earlier the fact that Fox was there and there Mm -hmm. was a whole Phoenix connection to me there's got to be a truth to that so I'm excited to see where it goes like we were talking a lot last night about maybe it's not the fact that he's an actual blood brother of Mm -hmm. Dumbledore but it may be the fact that it's to do with the whole Obscurial um, part of Credence that is actually where he's connected to the Dumbledore because obviously there was the kind of hint that Ariana Dumbledore was potentially an Obscurial like on reflection So I'm thinking they're maybe going to go down that route as a more plausible kind of theory as how he's a Dumbledore brother, but um, I'm excited to see where it goes. And I I do like that theory um, because it, it it fits in thematically and it's a way that J.K. Rowling can expand the lore mm-hmm. um, of the Obscurus because yeah. we don't know too much about it. Yeah, we don't really yeah. know. Like I, the one thing that we were talking about last night was is it the person or is it actually like some sort of parasite that is using the person as a host like we've not actually got clarification on what an obscurial yeah, is like seen... is it part of the human or is it a separate yeah. entity that takes over the human like we're not really clear on that yet we, so... we had seen we had seen that newt had one um, uh-huh. you know and it had to and be isolated because otherwise it because it can latch on to like yeah. a, a host basically so you assume or we, we can assume that as a separate entity that mm-hmm. can, um, I don't know if it's maybe created by someone, so maybe it can be created by, you know, someone who has. Is it like magic. Br- is it like bred inside somebody? Yeah, that's who what I mean. Maybe it's, it's like a squib and is like it's harvested through this hatred and lack of love. Like, is it created by the person? But can it then, can, when that person dies, where does yeah, it go? It like, detach. where does it go? So, like, when Ariana Dumbledore has died, has it then latched onto this? Credence, but then where does he like? Where does he fit into the whole yeah, like, why timeline of things? Why, why was he there? Why was he about? So like, I'm really, really excited to see where it goes. And as long as it's kept as well written and as well done as I feel that movie was, then I'll be really happy to see where it goes. I just feel like they need the like that's such a bombshell to end that movie on. Like they have to match it in the next few films. Like it has to keep up that level of yeah. Good, of good writing because they're going down a very very complicated like deep, path. Deep, complicated yeah. deep plot hole here so if it doesn't link up and connect really well then it'll completely ruin like harry potter's the world of harry potter for a lot of people because it was kind of like you say the cursed child thing um, ah. like where they gave Voldemort this daughter and that to me was like well that just wouldn't happen so it makes no sense <laughs> it makes Timeline. no sense yeah. it makes no sense uh-huh. and for for Voldemort as that character to have had a daughter like that makes Doesn't no sense, make sense it's just completely contradicted his whole character so mm-hmm. I hope that they don't do something like that with this 
but from what I've seen from this movie so far then I feel like hopefully they won't I feel like it'll be better um, so I'm just excited I, to see where it goes I, I do agree with you Marion I think that's like where some of my initial negativity mm-hmm. came into it because I was still very let down I feel by what happened in the mm-hmm. first child because she's done such a good job of connecting the lore and yeah. a way that's sensible with her like, material and Pottermore uh-huh. and the stuff in the books compared to the movies and Cursed Child just felt out of place for totally, me I, so when I this agree. happened I'd lost my faith in her a wee bit yeah. but I think what you said is correct like we need to have faith that she's going to connect it up in a way that makes sense because yeah. you think back Mary and the experience reading maybe books number four or five and six for mm-hmm. the first time mm-hmm. and you reach the end of that book and you're like I'm not sure where this is going totally. you know what I mean yeah. I feel like I'm back in that place I, again I where feel I'm... the exact same like, I feel like um, this was the first time that anything has really sparked or reignited my love for the world of Harry Potter since the series ended like everything that they've kind of done since then whether it be um, like the cursed child or just things like Pottermore, like I've not really been grasped too much by it. Whereas mm-hmm. this, and even the last Fantastic Beast film, to be honest, that didn't, I wasn't overly Same. into yeah, it, to be honest. Yeah, it, was, um, it was just quite, it was quite pleasant to it watch. Was, it, it was good to it watch, was, but it, was, it, was, it didn't add anything to what uh, was exactly. out there already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas now, I feel like this is totally it's really, like it's reignited, kicked it's kicked mm-hmm. off again. And I do feel like it's a very plausible um, backstory that they're creating because the whole Deathly Hallows was this un- unwrapping of Dumbledore's backstory in life when you actually realised that he wasn't everything, like it wasn't all kind of sunshines and rainbows. Sunshines and rainbows, exactly. <laughs> and the whole, the, there was this total sketchiness about Dumbledore's dad and even mother. So, like, they were, yeah. they're, they're, it's completely plausible that there could have been another child there. To me. and the fact that they've already it's hinted that Ariana was an obscurial by the sounds of it already so maybe there's something in the family so it, it's definitely a plausible theory and I like that it could be really effective and I hope that it's done justice but we'll just need to wait and see I know we spent a bit of time last night Mario tried to do the math in terms of like finding where the Keaton's bare bone, whatever you want to call just call him Keaton's just now because we don't really know what his real name is but where he fits in the timeline um, because obviously he's sort of a young man maybe to the, like the end of his teens sort of early mm-hmm. 20s um, in this movie mm-hmm. which takes place maybe what a year or so after a couple yeah of I think ago. it starts in 1921 it says yeah so it's yeah so he's you know, born around about the turn of the century um, mm-hmm. expect which is around about the same time when Dumbledore's mother dies, but it's and his sister. It's, yeah, it's whether we can place um, whether we can place his birth before or after that, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whether it matches up to like where they were, like because obviously you would expect Dumbledore's family being you know Godric's Hall or whatever um, to be in England. So with the whole match, with, with obviously the move of the boat that later switched the babies on. Uh-huh. was meant to be leaving from France so there needs to be some sort of connection there which would mean that either the boat left from England or France and that later Lestrange, Credence and Miss Corvus child um, were all you know leaving from the same place to get on the same boat otherwise it won't match up mm-hmm. um, yeah. an interesting thing you said last night there was the, the, the baby that was 
maybe born uh, with Dumbledore baby, sorry. Which, if it exists, maybe was placed in the hands of Nicholas Flamel, which is the only sort of French mm-hmm. wizard that isn't that's been really mentioned. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and I feel like there there must have been. We said this again last night. There must have been a reason to bring him in because although it was great to see another character from mm-hmm. the original series, like why why Nicholas yeah, Flamel? Like why why really did, do he doesn't really add anything to this film? So I feel like. That the fact that they've brought him into it, he must have some sort of pivotal role to play in all of this. I, I definitely um, agree. But and what, what we don't know yet. So I, I do think as well, what's interesting, and always looking back at this, what we know about Dumbledore's backstory is actually strangely mostly from the perspective of Rita Skeeter and yes. the book that she wrote. So a lot of it might not be completely accurate, accurate mm-hmm. that we've been given so far. Yeah. So. I think we need to go on with it on an open mind. We've sort of like the fans of Harry Potter since the, those movies and those books came out, we've been concrete. This is Dumbledore's past and this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Might not necessarily be true. And I think, yeah, the one thing that we do concretely know that is that it was a very shady childhood. Like, whether it yeah. be from the fact of what Rita Skeeter has published or whether it be from the fact that he got tangled up with Grindelwald and people who lived in Godric's Hollow have like given first-hand accounts that they were a strange family so we know that there was weird ongoing so mm-hmm. yeah that's why well, i think that they've, they've, they've grabbed onto a very um like plausible kind of area to delve into further so i'm just I really agree. intrigued to see what happens now here's here's my here's something that i thought of today i was talking with ecuadorian danny who i live with in this building <laughs> We were talking about the blood pact between yes. Dumbledore and Grindelwald and how this pact has to happen when they're younger. Mm-hmm. However, we know that Dumbledore and Grindelwald duel before 1945 and it results yeah. in the death of Ariana the Dumbledore. My theory is that this blood pact is not like an unbreakable vow, whether if you break it, you'll die. Instead, it means like they can't attack each other, and it's like maybe a shield, yeah. like a that's protective what I, charm. That's what that's I kind of take from it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that actually results in the death of Ariana. Like a, re- a rebounded curse. Yeah. Because yeah. these two, don't forget, I've never really bought into it because Dumbledore and Grindelwald are two of the most powerful wizards of all time. Are you telling me that it was a case of bad accuracy? No, 100%. One of them killed. And I love yeah. the, like, J.K. Rowling is so clever and nothing is coincidence. And there's a lot of mirroring. Um, so there's the whole Voldemort and the rebounding curse with Harry. So I like mm-hmm. the thought that there could have been a rebounding curse with Dumbledore and things like that. So like, I feel like nothing is done um, for for. There's no coincidences and there's no um, you can't you, you can't. It's not just by chance. Yeah, it's not just by chance. So I, I like the idea of that. But it, and then, it does make. Sorry, it does make sense that they were obviously. Um, their views on Ariana, Ariana sorry, were, were conflicted. Obviously, Dumbledore's his sister, so he has um, a brotherly love for her. Grindelwald, actually being that close to the family, probably loves Ariana and you know looks, like you know looks after her just as much. However, they have conflicting views on like politics. So, well, yeah, politics is probably the wrong word, but you know they have conflicting view on the world and how it should be shaped. There's probably um, also a factor with Ariana's at Obscurus, so maybe Dumbledore's trying to protect her and Grindelwald yeah. sees her as maybe a, a way to use her, you know? And, and yeah. Grindelwald being kind of like 
smooth talking sort of silver tongued guy that he is um, that we see in the movie as well was probably thinking was trying to maybe convince Ariana and Dumbledore that he's not going to use her as in use her as a tool but like use her and get the full potential out of her instead, yeah. of, instead of locking her up well he and, wants to use Credence and I know he's saying he wants to use Credence to kill Dumbledore but I feel like he must want to use the obscurial power as well and the American Minister for Magic actually at the very beginning of the film does say he's very persuasive and the fact yeah. that they had to change the guard so many times because he kept talking people into obviously letting them do yeah. whatever they want so we obviously uh, know he's a very cunning guy um, and of course we see that he won um, over Queenie in the movie yeah. Queen, I hate Queenie I hate uh, Queenie so not as, much what's, what's her sister's name I always forget Tina, her name. Tina. oh not as much as I hate Tina <laughs> I don't mind Tina no, too much. She's just she's such just a, a bit... wet blanket in these films. Like, why? Is she... <laughs> she's adding nothing. Yeah, she's she's adding nothing so to the films. It was so annoying that they, they made a big deal about me going after her. Um, yeah, and then really, nothing, nothing happened. happened. Not even like uh, any romantic gesture. Or, yes. and obviously, they have the one sort of conversation where he says, you know, your eyes are like a salamander, but it's like just a. It was a very empty relationship now. It's like you don't, you don't, you don't uh, root for them anymore, like you did in the first one, where there was like this. Definitely. You know, you were like, oh, I kind of hope they get together because. I was totally just gone. rooting for him and Lita Lestrange the whole way yeah, through so this film. So when she yeah. died, and then he just still went for her, and I was a bit like, well, oh, right, okay. My, um, see if Lita Lestrange is dead, Started. I'll be a bit pissed off. Do you think? She, like, do you not think she is dead? I don't think she's dead. I at never all. even considered that. I never even no, thought about that. Because they set her up. They set her up in the last movie with the photo in his bag. They set her up in this movie an awful lot. Yeah, for to her then just, just to kill be her. killed off. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if she's working with Grindelwald and it was part of a plan yeah. and it was a safe way to maybe get her. Now she can work in the shadows because everyone thinks she's dead. Yeah. yeah. Out from her job at the ministry. Yeah. I think that might, that might be the way it's going to go because that line. In the trailer, it was very suggestive to me, and in the movie, it was very suggestive. You've never met a monster you couldn't love, and I, I do think that's Lita because yeah. there's hints that she's not a bit the biggest fan of herself. And, and I mean, she is a Lestrange as well, so we can't ignore the fact that she's a Lestrange. So like, <laughs> yeah, that's and dis- just in despite the fact, is... despite the fact, Rowan seems to like to take her expectations of previously bad things and make them good, like yeah. the scene with Scorpius Malfoy and True. the first child and I stuff. Know, I'm not sure what way they'll go with Lita if she does survive. I love Jacob Kowalski, I have to say. He was one of my, he was my favourite part of the first Fantastic Beasts He was probably my favourite part of the first one. But then again, I feel like I don't really see his place in the series. Yeah. Um, I can understand, I can understand Queenie's, uh, like the link with Queenie, obviously. Yeah. She's going to be helping the underworld. And she's actually a very powerful witch, given that she can read minds and stuff. She's not. Yeah. You know, she has a, a very special sort of a, a specific trait, um, and she's doing this essentially for him. But and as well, was, but she was at the point to when he basically pushed her over the line by calling her crazy again. So now you wonder whether she is just going to go for like bad, or is she still working with the underworld for towards this greater good that you know? We'll bring them muggles. together. To bring them together, but she might uh, have, that's what I'm saying. She might have sort of turned her back on that now because he has said you called her crazy again. So you wonder whether that love between them uh, yeah. is still going to be uh, like valid, given yeah. that she's now you know went to the sort of dark side. I suppose. Um, I know, and I mean we've not even mentioned the fact that Nagini 
was in this film as well. Oh God, I forgot about that. And the Guinea's a very good person. It seems like yeah. she seems like. So a, I'm a, intrigued a, a nice to see chat. what happens to her. Like, how does she end up in Voldemort's pocket? Camp, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, where I does if, where yeah, does yeah, that come from? She obviously becomes a snake, but when she becomes a bitter soul, she will inevitably become a snake. So I wonder if at that point she can. Obviously, she she will have different emotions if that makes sense yeah she, mm-hmm. she can control like how she feels and her actions are different I... so maybe within her. so you wonder if whether it was placed within her intentionally accidental or whether like i think it's going to be something like um so obviously she's come from a freak show and as an outcast i feel like she's going to cut turn into a snake like for the final time and she's going to meet Voldemort who's probably the first parcel tongue she's ever come across in her life um, oh. and has that connection with him there and he being the charming guy that he is will obviously make her have that connection with someone that she's always been looking for because she's always just lost credence at the end of this film to Grindelwald yeah. so Make her feel like a human again. Yeah, uh huh. So I feel like maybe that's where it's going to be, but then I don't know where that will happen in this series because we're obviously before Voldemort's time at the minute. So yeah. I don't know. That's like that's a very good yeah, point very good with Nagini. I like that. Yeah. I like that one. Well, I, I want to I want to wrap up. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Take a bit. <laughs> I, I want to wrap up with uh, just talking quickly about. Dumbledore and Grindelwald themselves and how did you feel Jude Law and Johnny Depp portrayed these characters and we, we didn't get too much about the relationship between no, the two but I, I liked I liked what they did because it gives us room to explore it a bit more yeah. like the scenes with Dumbledore and the Mirror of Erised for me oh, were particularly lovely. they were they were powerful enough mm-hmm. to convey the sort of relationship we had yeah interestingly enough not from Grindelwald's side like he just seems to want to kill Dumbledore yeah, you, wa- you wonder how how <laughs> If this relationship, whatever it ends up being, you wonder whether it was one-sided from Dumbledore's part, actually. That's kind of where I think it's actually maybe going to go. I feel like Gellert Grindelwald might have actually been playing Dumbledore from day one. Um, But maybe that's just because that that was the way this film portrayed it. Um, Yeah, that'd be heartbreaking, I I think they done it specifically so to show... Dumbledore's affection for Grindelwald slightly, but they never showed you any Grindelwald affection for Dumbledore. And I feel yeah, like yeah. that's maybe intentional. You wonder if he spotted the potential in Dumbledore from day one, also with potentially maybe even Ariana and the whole family from day one, and has yeah. just played on Dumbledore's affections to get where he wants. And maybe he's actually done this blood pact so that Dumbledore can never actually use his greatness against him. So yeah. maybe that's where it's going to go, which will just be completely heartbreaking. But I thought Jude Law and Johnny Depp were both fantastic. Um, um, it's the best Johnny Depp performance I've in seen years. in years. Since yeah. Jack Sparrow, like genuinely yeah. the actor he's ever done. Um, yeah. Completely. Yeah. I, think and, you, I think both of them played it very well. I, I never really... It wasn't I didn't I disliked Jude Law, it was just that I never really got enough from him yet. I think he's that only to be from movies to come where he's obviously in a position of um greater authority, I suppose I suppose. Like he's obviously in the position of greater authority, but when you're speaking to him, you know, he was um, 
like shackled by the ministry and mm-hmm. you know you can yeah. tell you can tell he's uh, a bit suppressed totally by that um, and by that love for him but you also do actually seem to see Dumbledore being a wee bit suppressed by affection as well like it's as if he's using the blood pact as an not an excuse because it isn't an excuse but it's also like giving him the excuse to not it's convenient for him yeah it's convenient for him whereas Grindelwald doesn't really seem to have any sort of issues with fighting against it's interesting that Grindelwald carries that pin about with him, that blood pin. Yeah. yeah. Like, what you think, like, how did, how, did it, how did it come to be in his possession rather than Dumbledore's? Like, why, yeah. why did he wear it and flaunt it about? Why yeah. I think he's the sort of dominant, I think he would have been the dominant one in the relationship and been like, okay, I'll keep this. Like, you know, after the uh-huh. day, like, oh, who should keep it? He's like, no, of course it will be me. And then like, maybe that, that leads more to the theory of him being a manipulator as well, doesn't it? Like, yeah. And he mm-hmm. wants to be in power of it because if it's in Dumbledore's control, then if it is revealed that he's been manipulating him the whole time then of course Dumbledore would just want to destroy it so the fact that he's yeah. in possession of it is just more convenient to him yeah I mean it was, you were asking the question can it be destroyed like, if, this is the, if this is what's stopping the duel from happening yeah. Um, like, can it be destroyed? Obviously, it needs to be destroyed. Like, yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't fit. It wouldn't make sense. We do get because, that duel in nineteen forty-five. Because there's yeah. that whole point. But the whole way through this film, Gellert Grindelwald is wanting Credence to kill Dumbledore because he can't do it. But he's in possession of the pin. So why does he not attempt to destroy it? So there's that. You need to ask that question as well. So yeah. Here's here's something. Oh fuck! I've forgotten what I was going to say. Maybe. <laughs> no, here's what I'd like to happen. I would like a moment where they do meet one on one and your theory is proved right, Mary. Like Grindelwald is like maybe not seducing him but being like, I still love you yep, or something like yep. that, like not as sappy, and then just like stabs him in the back out of nowhere when Completely. Dumbledore is most vulnerable. Because yeah. there there's got to be a reason why Dumbledore, when we meet him in Harry Potter, is a complex fellow but not like to take a husband or wife. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like he's a completely, he's completely guarded character when we meet yeah. him as an old man. So why is he a completely guarded character? Because he's been fucked over by Grindelwald. Absolutely. Because <sighs> exactly. He done, he don't need that. He deserves better than that. You know, he's strong, a, he's independent wizards who don't need yeah. Grindelwald. <laughs> he's had a tough time of it. Dumbledore, yeah, actually, when you look at the events of his life in order, he's it's, it's not been yeah, it's not been a good a good Completely. existence, has it? You know, I know. Oh, I didn't have huge expectations for Jude Law as Dumbledore. Like it, it wasn't really some something I was genuinely thinking about going into this film. I was yeah. more wanting to see how Johnny Depp was going to portray Grindelwald because for me I was just thinking right well I'm not really going to expect much from the Dumbledore character because to me Dumbledore is as he already exists in my mind as the old man Dumbledore like so I wasn't really thinking too much about it but I thought he actually done really really well and he definitely surpassed my expectations. He had Um, great charisma. Very much so. He was very coy, like slightly quirky but mm-hmm. like not overly quirky because you feel like that eccentricness must come with age slightly as well. Yeah. So like he just kind of like he just dipped his toe in the Dumbledore pond, if you like. And there's yeah. mu- there's lots of room to kind of grow. I feel like that whole That's... movie 
just set a really good foundation for what could be an excellent series of movies if they continue to do it well. Nice. Yeah. Have you seen the meme online and it's like, when did Dumbledore <laughs> yeah. decide to start wearing like classy three-piece suits <laughs> and like, <laughs> like the bright red robes with full hat and beard were the right way to go? Did it we, <laughs> me and Jack said this throughout the whole film, like we wish people still dressed like that. Like how good was yeah. the costumes and everything in it? Like yeah, the, they were really good. They were class. I think, and no joke, I think, 1920s wizard life looks Maybe Oscar chance, maybe an Oscar chance for a nomination for costumes. Maybe. Um, I mean, Harry Potter, the world of Harry Potter has never been touched by the Oscars. So, like, I feel like this series should, because maybe the the original seven, like, with the exception of a few, like, the acting isn't outstanding. Like, the stories Mm -hmm. are just the stories from the book. Like, Whereas there this, was a big push for Alan Rickman. I mean, uh, the there should always be a big push for Alan Rickman to get a nomination. Like, <laughs> never, never nominated for an Oscar. I know. Before he died. It's the world's biggest tragedy to this day. But I mean, I feel like the this these films could potentially get the Oscar for something. And it was like, good, uh, wasn't it good to see the Hedwig theme in Hogwarts like back on yes. stage and things at uh, stage back on the big he- screen and things as well like Ho- Hogwarts it felt like you you come home to Hogwarts and the, the old robes were really good like the blue and the like yeah. colours so like I do think yeah you maybe could be right with the costume type of thing like I think it would maybe oh, be well guys we're going to wrap up I think we've we've covered all the bases here nice. uh, for what we wanted to talk about. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, if you want to rate us on iTunes, give us five star. Listen to the uh, first time films back catalogue as well, and we'll talk to you later on. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.